Welcome to Back to the Basics with Pastor Jason McClendon. This program is sponsored by Crossroads Christian Fellowship, a non-denominational, conservative, and evangelical church focusing on returning to the mindset of believers in the New Testament church. The acronym BASICS, in the name of the program, stands for Believing and Sharing in Christ's Salvation. We are disciples making disciples who make disciples. And now, here is the message. Good morning and welcome to Crossroads Christian Fellowship. I know you may be listening to a recording of this later, but for those of you tuning in live, we are preparing for Thanksgiving 2021 in just a few days. Before we get started, let's pray. Father, you are awesome. Sometimes we forget everything you do for us and we focus on less important things in our lives. But we ask that you help us to recognize your work around us, the blessings you give us, and how we may join you in your work. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. So Thanksgiving is coming up. It's a wonderful holiday. But before I go on, let me reiterate that Thanksgiving is a holiday. comes from the words holy day. Thanksgiving is a day that is set apart to remember the blessings that we have been given by God. Most history books record the first formal Thanksgiving as taking place in the year 1621 when a group of pilgrims shared a feast with a group of friendly Indians. But the real story is that the first Thanksgiving actually took place 11 years earlier by the Jamestown settlers. They went through an extremely harsh winter in 1610 and only 60 settlers out of 409 survived the winter. These survivors spent a lot of time in prayer, just simply praying for help. And shortly thereafter, help arrived in the form of a ship filled with food and other, other supplies that they needed to survive. In response to this, they held a prayer meeting to give thanks to God for these blessings and their answered prayers. This was actually the first Thanksgiving. But the historical first Thanksgiving that we're all familiar with and learn about in the history books took place when the pilgrims uh, arrived, and then 11 years later, they had this Thanksgiving celebration in 1621. But after that, a couple of years later, it was determined to make this Thanksgiving an ongoing celebration. The following quote is the formal proclamation for the Thanksgiving celebration to be started in 1623, given by William Bradford, the governor of Plymouth. He said, To all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as the Great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forests to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and as much as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now, I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims, with your wives and little ones, do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of nine and twelve in the daytime, on Thursday, November ye twenty-ninth of the year of our Lord, one thousand six hundred and twenty-three, and the third year since ye pilgrims landed on ye pilgrim rock. 
there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all his blessings. Now, throughout the next century and a half, many people celebrated Thanksgiving. It was specifically a time to thank God. The United States was founded in 1776, and in 1779, George Washington proclaimed the first nationally celebrated Thanksgiving. His proclamation read, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. Whereas both the houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity, peaceably, to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness." Now, therefore, I do recommend next to be devoted by the people of the states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that ever was, that is, and that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country." So Thanksgiving continued to be celebrated throughout the years, but it wasn't until 1863 that Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday to be celebrated the fourth Thursday of every November. His proclamation was as follows. It is the duty of nations as well as of men to own their dependence upon the overruling power of God, to confess their sins and transgressions in humble sorrow, yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon, and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by all history, that those nations are blessed whose God is the Lord. We know that by His divine law, nations, like individuals, are subjected to punishments and chastisements in this world. May we not justly fear that the awful calamity of civil war which now desolates the land may be a punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It has seemed to me fit and proper that God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged, as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens." 
Ladies and gentlemen, these three proclamations each contain important words, but most importantly, I want you to recognize that all of them were focused on thanking God. Each of these proclamations recognized God as the sovereign creator who blessed the people and set aside this time to give thanksgiving and praise to God. As the governor of the Plymouth Colony, William Bradford clearly had much to be thankful for. God truly provided for them, and they were blessed. George Washington, as the first leader of the country, was thankful for the establishment of the United States, and after the War of Independence, declared that there should be a national day of thanks to God Almighty. And then, in the midst of the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln made a point to focus on God, to recognize that even then, that the United States had been blessed, but it was already turning away from God. He called, not just for a national day of praise and thanksgiving, but for a national holiday to be celebrated regularly, again, remembering and directly thanking and praising God. Today, Thanksgiving is generally celebrated with feasting and as a time to fellowship with family and friends. But unfortunately, God is often left out of the picture. We have three major holidays or holy days in this country that we have been allowed to be commercialized. Christmas, which should be focused on celebrating the birth of Christ, has become the most commercialized, and that commercialization draws people away from the actual meaning of Christmas, or should I say, Christ Mass. Of course, Easter, again also completely commercialized, celebrates the resurrection of Christ. This is the big day. This is the most important of these holy days. The way this is most often celebrated today also attempts to draw people away from God. But all three of these are important. The birth of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, those are of course extremely important, but then a national holiday that is focused solely on thanking and praising God, as long as we use it for that. Christmas and Easter are clearly tied to the birth and resurrection of Jesus, even for those who don't believe in him, or who celebrate those holidays for the right reasons. They all know this, but you might be surprised how many people don't know what Thanksgiving is actually all about. Imagine how you might be able to use the celebration of Thanksgiving to share the gospel. The next time someone mentions it, ask them who they are thanking and why they are doing so, and it might open up a doorway for conversation. The Bible is very clear that we are supposed to give thanks to God. I think it is awesome that we have a national holiday dedicated to doing just that. But again, we have to make sure that is actually how we celebrate it. Yes, it is a good opportunity to spend time with family. Yes, it is a good time for a feast. But without thanking God for the blessings we have, it is nothing more than a meal with fellowship. That's important, but not paramount. Paramount is recognizing the almighty creator of the heavens and earth and thanking him and praising him, which we should actually do every day, but especially on a day set aside for just that. But I want you to consider another perspective about Thanksgiving. While we absolutely need to give God thanks, it is also important to understand why God blesses us. Yes, he loves us and he wants us to take Uh, to be taken care of. But why does he often give us more than what we need? It's not so that we can be selfish. God blesses us so that we can bless others. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 through 15, the Bible says, 
Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of feed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Ladies and gentlemen, God gives us resources so that we can use them to build his kingdom. He gives some of us more than others, but regardless of how much we have, we are simply stewards of what he still owns. In this passage, Paul tells the Corinthians, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So the purpose of the blessings of God is so that we can use those blessings to bless others, which then results in thanksgiving to God. When Paul says, through us, he is talking about the people who are using money given to them, money or other resources, to build ministries. This is not the prosperity gospel, folks. This is about using what you have to help others, not expecting that God is going to bless you simply because he wants you to have a mansion or a jet. God blesses us so that we may have the resources to bless others who will then thank and praise God. In Ephesians 5, 15 to 20, we're told, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are blessed by God, and then we use those blessings to help other people. We don't use those blessings to live lavish lives. We, as, as Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. That's opportunity to build the kingdom and to share the gospel. We don't get drunk on wine or do anything else that leads to debauchery, but we make the most of every opportunity to build his kingdom so that not only we, but also others can then give thanks and praise to God. And we share with others physically and spiritually. In other words, we share the gospel with them so that they come to a point where they are also thanking and praising God and the cycle just continues. We make disciples, then those disciples make disciples, and then those disciples continue making disciples. As this goes on, the number of people who are being blessed and the number of people who are thanking and praising God grows exponentially. God doesn't bless us because we deserve it. God blesses us because he is generous, and he blesses us so that we can bless others. If you sit back and think about how much God has blessed us, we can't help but recognize how generous we should be towards others and how thankful we should be to God. This, brothers and sisters, is the true meaning of thanksgiving. Let's pray. Father, thank you.
We come before you today with humble spirits, recognizing that you have given us so much more than we deserve. We thank you for those blessings. We ask that you open our eyes so that we can see how we can use those blessings to bless others. As we move forward, we ask that you continue to bless us, and increasingly so, so that we can use your resources to build your kingdom. All of this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, I sincerely hope that you are already a follower of Jesus. But if you are not, you need to know that the Bible makes it absolutely clear that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. We are all sinners and we all need Jesus. None of us can do it on our own. When we die, we will either go to heaven or to hell. But the ability to spend eternity in heaven is a free gift from God. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Because he loved us so much, Jesus paid the penalty of death for our sins. He paid the price with his own blood, which means that we don't have to. That gift is free, and to receive it, all you have to do is recognize that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. Confess your sins to God, repent of your sins, in other words, you have to turn away from them, and turn your life over to Jesus, asking Him and allowing Him to be the Lord of your life. Remember, just because you repent and make Jesus your Lord does not mean you will instantly become perfect but you do need to strive to model your life after Jesus. There are no magic formulas or special prayers to become a Christian. Just make it known to God. Just tell Him. He knows what's in your heart. Now, if you've made the decision to dedicate your life to Christ, which is often referred to as being born again, or if you've made the decision to rededicate your life to Christ, please let us know. Go to IamSavedByJesus.com and tell us about your decision. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to know if we can help you along the way. If you haven't made that decision yet, please pray about it, and we'll pray for you too if you let us know. This is the most important decision you can ever make in your entire life. It only takes a few seconds to decide, but the ramifications of your choice are literally eternal. Take it seriously. Remember, go to IamSavedByJesus.com, and we look forward to hearing from you. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, running a ministry is not free. There are many costs associated with developing and running programs, and we humbly ask for your support, especially if our messages have touched your heart or you believe they will touch the hearts of other people. We ask that you first pray about how God wants you to proceed, and then, if you feel led, help us focus on building the kingdom of God. If you are a Christian and you are not tithing anywhere, please consider tithing to us or consider gifting to us, however God leads. Remember, the money you have is God's money that He blessed you with to manage and to be a good steward. The money you tithe and gift to us builds the ministry of Crossroads Christian Fellowship and the International College for Christian Studies. 
The more financial support we receive, the more people we can reach. You can make this monthly contribution or one-time gift through PayPal by going to donationforchurch.com. You can also find other ways to donate on that webpage. Thank you in advance for your support and may God bless you. Well, it's almost time to go. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We are praying regularly for you and ask that you do the same for us. Until we come together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. Go now into the world and serve the Lord. Amen.